Sarah. And I'm Dave. And here's the greatest of welcomes to this episode of Bible Podlets. Bible Podlets is a podcast where children and adults can read the Bible together and then talk about it. And we should probably mention that we try to have lots of fun along the way. We do. Although, I'm feeling a little bit sad that this is the last episode of the series. Oh, Dave, don't be sad. I know what will cheer you up. How about we jump straight to today's game? Yeah, that might help. What are we playing today? Well, do you know what a tongue twister is? Yes, I think so. Do you mean when you have to say a sequence of words that are really difficult to string together because they all start with the same letter or sound similar? Yes, that's right. So an example you might be familiar with is She sells seashells on the seashore. She sells seashells on the seashore. That's it. Now say it a bit faster. She sells seashells on the seashore. She sells seashells on the seashore. Faster. She sells seashells on the seashore. (laughs) It definitely gets trickier the faster you go, doesn't it? (laughs) It does. Shall we let our podleteers have a go? Of course. Are you ready, podleteers? Now it's your turn. We'll start with an easy one. Repeat after me. She sees cheese. Have a go. And then once you've got the hang of it, see if you can do it faster and faster until your tongue gets in a tangle. (laughs) Great effort. Are you ready to try another one? This time try thin sticks, thick bricks. Thin sticks, thick bricks. Oh, that's a really difficult one. How quickly could you say that one? Let's try another. Ready? Sarah skis super slow. (laughs) Well, I've never been skiing, so I imagine I would ski super slow. But how fast did you manage to say that one? Let's try just one more. This is going to be really tricky. The great Greek grape growers grow great Greek grapes. What was that? Can you say that one again, please? The great Greek grape growers grow great Greek grapes. We're really challenging our podleteers with that one. Let me try. The great Greek grape growers grow great Greek grapes. (laughs) How did you get on with that one, podleteers? Could you say it quickly without getting in a muddle? Oh, I love that. I think we've certainly finished the series on a high with our games there. And it's like a gift that keeps on giving, because perhaps our podleteers might want to play this game some more at home, so that they can race against someone else to see who can say the tongue twisters the fastest. Funny you should mention racing, because there's something about running a race in our letters today. Oh yeah, there is, isn't there? It's almost as if we'd planned this. (laughs) But before we get there, let's not forget about the big picture, which tells our podleteers everything they need to know before we go and hear our letters. Of course, you should be well versed in doing this now. I'll start the timer after three. One, two, 
three, go. In AD 49, the Christians and Jews in Rome were arguing about whether Jesus was the promised Messiah. The situation got so bad that the Roman Emperor threw out all the Christians and Jews from the city, which led to them being humiliated in public, and some were even locked away. Years later, after a new Emperor came to power, the Christians and Jews were allowed back. But things were not good. A massive fire broke out and destroyed a lot of the city, and because it was easy to pick on them, the Emperor blamed the Christians. This led to a lot of Christians being captured, tortured, and killed publicly. Oh gosh, they were having a traumatic time, weren't they? You did a great job though, Dave. Well, I hope that helps our podleteers to understand what's going on in our letters today. I'm sure it will. The first letter we're going to listen to is from one of the Hebrew Christians in Rome, describing some of the problems that they were facing. The second letter got a little bit lost in the mail, so we're not 100% sure who wrote it, although some people believe it might be Paul. Because he's done such a great job all series, we've asked Paul to read this one too. Whoever it was from, they were writing to these Christians who were thinking about giving up in the face of being treated really badly. See if you can listen out for what the writer says to encourage them to keep going. Hello, I'm Leslie, but most people call me Les. A lot has changed for me and my Hebrew friends in recent years. We usually have a lot of fun and even call ourselves the Barista Sisters. You know, because she brews. But lately we're really struggling. I'm sure you've heard all the stories, including about the terrible fires in Rome. It burnt so much of the city we didn't think it could get any worse. That was until Emperor Nero blamed us Christians for the fire. The cheeky thing. Now everyone hates us. People are constantly trying to hurt us or even kill us. Some of the things they are doing to us are so terrible, I can't even stand to write them in this letter. We are so scared. And I don't know how much longer I can do this Christian thing. Did you know that the Jews are being left alone? It's only us Christians who are being attacked. It got me thinking, what if we went back to being Jewish? That would be alright, wouldn't it? That way, we wouldn't really be abandoning God and people would stop trying to kill us. I mean, the whole Jewish thing worked for us before. That way, at least, we would have some kind of relationship with God. It wouldn't be the same as we have now, but it might do. Don't you think it's worth considering? Let us know what you think. From Lesania and the Hebrews in Rome. Dear Les and your fellow Hebrews in Rome, I'm so sorry to hear about everything that's happening in Rome and to hear about how scared you've been, but it would be a big mistake to go back to your life as a Jew. You have to remember that Jesus changed everything. The way God speaks to us, how he invites everyone into his family, how our sins are forgiven. Our whole relationship has changed and for the better. Jesus said that the only way to the Father is through him as his son. And shouldn't we really listen to the Son of God? He's greater than any angel, priest or servant from the old way. Jesus and God are one and the same. You cannot have one without the other. 
So please don't walk away from Jesus because you'll be walking away from God too. And that will be like being back in the wilderness. Remember how our ancestors were wandering in the desert. There's no need for you to do that because with Jesus, that old way of life has passed away and the new way has come. Don't fool yourselves into thinking that you will still have the same relationship with God if you return to your old customs. I know it can be difficult following Jesus, but I encourage you to think of it not like a sprint, but like a marathon. Keep going. Run the good race, even when it's difficult. And I can promise you that getting to the finish line will be worth it. Think of the great cloud of witnesses we read about in the scriptures. People like Daniel and Joseph, who stayed close to God, even when they faced tough challenges. Just keep on putting one foot in front of the other and know that God will not abandon you on the journey. Make Jesus your goal and follow the route he's laid out for you. You're all in this together, following where Jesus had already been and with his encouragement and by encouraging one another, you'll be able to reach your goal and all the rewards that will bring from your friend in Christ. Those were our letters for today, and now it's time for our favourite part of the podcast. Oh yes, we're going to ask you some questions about what we've heard so far, and we encourage you to pause the podcast if you can and talk about it together. You can take as long or as short as you'd like to do this. That's right, and when you're ready to carry on again, you can press play to continue the discussion. Our letters today were based on the book of Hebrews. And although it's a letter, we're not sure who actually wrote it. Like we said before, some people think it might have been Paul. What? You mean the writer didn't sign off at the bottom with a couple of kisses? Unfortunately not. Oh my, that's not helpful, is it? Well, maybe those that received the letter knew who it was from because the person who delivered it knew. But what was helpful was the content of the letter. People believe it was addressed to the Christians who were once Jews living in Rome, and they were having a tough time. It's time for our first question. What was happening in Rome to the Christian believers? The question again. What was happening in Rome to the Christian believers? Please pause the podcast if you can, and talk about this together. Then press play when you're ready to carry on. Christians in Rome were wrongly being blamed by the Emperor for starting a fire that broke out in the city. Emperor Nero wasn't a fan of the Christians, and because they were very small in number, he thought they were an easy target. So Nero sent out an order to have the Christians captured, tortured and executed. Because of this, the believers were losing hope and were considering becoming Jews again so that they would stop being targeted. I completely understand why they might be thinking about that. What was happening to them was so bad. I'm very thankful that Christians aren't treated like that where I live. I agree. I'm glad that we have the freedom to openly believe in Jesus. 
But there are still places in the world today where Christians are targeted and punished for what they believe. I wonder what our podleteers would do if they were in the same situation as the believers in Rome. Let's ask our next question. What was the writer's response to the believers' problems? The question again. What was the writer's response to the believers' problems? Please pause the podcast and talk about this together. And then press play when you're ready to continue. The writer of the letter to the Hebrews didn't hold back when he wrote it. So his message can sometimes come across as being harsh in places. It's important to keep in mind that being a Christian isn't always easy. Sometimes it can be very difficult, just like it was for the believers in Rome. The writer emphasised that going back to their Jewish ways wouldn't help them because Jesus had changed everything for them. That's right. Before Jesus, they couldn't have a personal relationship with God because the things that people do wrong kept separating them from him. But through dying on the cross, that separation had been removed because Jesus took the price for their sin unto himself. He saved them. The writer also encouraged the believers in Rome to remember the great cloud of witnesses that went before them. What do they mean by a great cloud of witnesses? The writer was referring to the examples of people of faith from the past, like Daniel and Joseph. They did the right thing, even when life got very tough for them. So remembering these people would give the Christians in Rome hope and motivation to keep going. I wonder if our podleteers can remember anything about Daniel or Joseph. Oh, I remember them. Daniel stayed true to God by not giving up his prayer time, even when the king made it against the law. He got thrown into the lion's den as punishment, but God saved him because God protects the people who believe in him. That's right. And Joseph was the person who had the coat of many colours, and his brothers were jealous of him. So they sold him as a slave into Egypt. But God looked after Joseph whilst he was a slave and when he was later put in jail for something he hadn't done. God has a plan for Joseph and he ended up becoming a very powerful ruler in Egypt. Oh yes, and because he was a ruler, he was able to save his family when their land ran out of food because there was a famine. Exactly. The writer told the believers in Rome to remember that God is with all the people who believe in him and who keep their hope and faith in Jesus alive. But that wasn't the only thing the writer said to encourage the believers in Rome. He compared their lives as Christians to something else. Oh yes, here's our next question. What did the writer compare the Christian journey to? The question again. What did the writer compare the Christian journey to? Please pause the podcast, if you can, and talk about this together. Then press play when you're ready to carry on. I wonder if our podleteers can remember what the writer compared the Christian journey to. 
I'll count down from three and see if you can shout out the answer together. Ready? Three, two, one. A race! Yes! Well done, everyone. But it wasn't just any race. It was a marathon. A big well done to you if you shouted out that one. Oh, wow, that's a really long race, isn't it? Yes, it is. The writer called it the good race. The race is the Christian life. It's not a fast race like a sprint, but a long race like a marathon. We are called to keep going, to be patient and remain faithful to God until we reach the finish line. God is also the one who sets the course for the race we are to follow. Sometimes the route God takes us on can be difficult, but God has a plan for us and is with us all the way. That's right. And Jesus has already finished the race and is waiting for us at the finish line, cheering us on. Sometimes there will be moments in our race when we want to give up. But that's where we need God to help us. He is always there to support us so we can keep going. And there are even things that we can do to help when our race gets difficult. Yes, there are. In fact, that can be our last question for today. What things keep you going on your Christian journey? The question again. What things keep you going on your Christian journey? Please pause the podcast and talk about this together and then press play when you're ready to carry on. I wonder what ideas you had for this question. There are lots of ways we can keep motivated in our Christian journey. I love going to church on a Sunday and hearing all about Jesus. That's a great way to keep motivated. I also love singing to Jesus because that helps me express how I'm feeling and I can meet with him in my worship. Brilliant. I love reading the Bible. I can read all about Jesus, the things he did and said, and trying to copy him in the way I live my life. He is the best example after all. The Bible is also full of encouragements and promises from God that I like to memorise so that when I'm feeling sad or worried, I can fill my mind with the good things God says to me. Oh yes, that's a good thing to do. I also love talking with other Christian friends. Together we can share how we are feeling, ask each other questions and encourage each other to keep running the good race. It's so much easier to keep going when you know that there are other people running alongside you. That's definitely a very good thing to do. Another way of keeping motivated in our Christian journey is by talking to God directly. Oh yes, prayer is a brilliant way of doing this. In fact, shall we do that together now? You may want to find a comfy place to do this or close your eyes. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are with us as we run the good race. We thank you that you sent Jesus to run the perfect race and he is now waiting for us at the finishing line and cheering us on. We ask that you'll be with us when our journey is difficult and know that you will help us reach the end. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Isn't it great that we have friends alongside us who are also running the good race? It is. I'm so glad all of our podleteers are here as well. We hope and pray that this podcast can be a way for our listeners to be encouraged and motivated in their Christian journey. We'd love to support and encourage even more podleteers, so we need your help. Yes, we do. We'd love for you to share Bible podlets with some of your friends and family and let them know how great it is. And another great way of sharing Bible podlets is by writing a review or leaving a star rating for the podcast on an app like Apple Podcasts. And there's a fun game we like to play whilst doing this. It's by using our super secret word in your review. Oh yes, I love doing this. We challenge you to write a review that contains our super secret word for this episode. You may need to ask your adult to help you. But what's the secret word for today? We haven't decided yet, have we? I wonder what it could be. Hmm. Run! Well, that's all we have time for, for this episode and this series. Remember to subscribe or follow the podcast with whichever app you use and to leave a review. And don't forget to try and include our secret word, RUN, in what you write. And if you want to get in touch with us for any reason, you can find us on Facebook at BDBE Updates. So until next series, bye. bye! Thanks for listening to Bible Podlets. It was a Blackburn Diocese Board of Education production. It was written by David Harris, Sarah Earnshaw and Rebecca Whitaker, with additional support from the Reverend Carol Garner. It was voiced by Sarah Earnshaw, David Harris, Rebecca Whitaker, and the Archdeacon of Lancaster, David Pickin, and produced by David Harris. Bible Podlets is a free resource, and to find even more children's resources, training and support, you can find us on Facebook at BDBE Updates or visit our website www.bdeducation.org.uk